Hey, Gabriel Blake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? Today, we are in the sunny and warm Chicago apartment of you. Of you. <laughs> apartment of you. Uh, but yeah, we're still enjoying, the city is still enjoying your presence. You yes. Know? Uh, and we actually watched one movie. We watched the 1990 celebrated documentary, Paris is Burning, better known as Pose. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> better known as Pose. Okay, you already made like this statement that I think that we're going to be like just doing a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, Brian Murphy yeah, yeah, yeah. stole yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, completely, completely. It's once again like the straight, sorry, the gay white male taking appropriation. I mean, it's not at the level of, uh, uh, what was this, Stonewall? Uh, the Stonewall riots? No, no, but you know, like the movie that it is, Stonewall. Oh, and they whitewashed it. Oh, Jesus. Completely. Yeah. Completely. No. At least, at least the thing, uh, and I think I remember that Ryan Murphy mentioned this, that already uh, he came up with the concept that I think that all the uh, producers are transgender or they are like you know part of people that they were like in some kind of way involved with the movement back there. In pose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. You know, I think it's one of those like empowerments. Okay, it's just still a white guy, you know, like doing a document, doing a show that is like heavily inspired. Heavily inspired. It's a copy of Paris is Burning. You only like just change the name of some of the houses, you know. But beyond that, you are giving respect. I mean, you're like doing it with a bit more of respect because you are involving like the people that they can tell that story. And I also think that like. Yeah, this is a white man. He is gay. But also, he's in a position of power. Netflix gave him 500... Well, this isn't a Netflix show, but like, yeah. he has a lot of power. And to like use that to give a voice to the transgender community, which is yeah. not something I've ever seen before, I mm -hmm. think it's fantastic. No, I think that is amazing. Because, yeah, we was... I had already watched this documentary, and I think that it's extremely iconic, as we will talk later. But we are in an age, and I think that Pose is partially responsible for this. The other part is RuPaul that uh, this is becoming mainstream, you know, is the part of the gay culture is becoming mainstream. That straight people that you wouldn't have thought that they could be into anything gay, they are appreciating these things. And I feel like it's great. There is still not like a sports drag queen, you know, there is not like ESPN like taking over this and just making like homophobic comments, you know. But it's great. It's a bit of a progress, you know, so I really appreciate that there is a show like that, thanks to this documentary that it, I think like is extremely bold when it was released in 1990 still. And that was 30 years ago. Like it took 30 yeah. years past this documentary for a show to be relatively like embraced by mainstream uh, yep. culture. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this was my pick. So what is this documentary about? So... This film came out in 1990, so I'm guessing it was filmed like in 88, 89. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes place in New York, and it um, it documents this culture of basically people of color that are transgender, gay, bi, part, mm -hmm. just part of the LGBT community. Um, but I do want to say it, it and like it focuses on transgender people. Yeah, well, I mean, they uh, they talk a bit about uh, the other 
sort of like just gay people or bisexual or whatever but because they talk a lot with different houses each house has their mother and it's usually like the person that is going to be like speaking for the house so they are like centerpiece on that but still like the gay folks you see them dancing on the ball yeah so um basically the houses that you mentioned are they're run by a, a mother which doesn't have to be a, a, a man or a woman it can be anyone and they basically are in a, a position in their life a place in their life where they can help care for others and young gay lesbian transgender kids who are basically shunned by their families their communities they're taken in into these houses um and they're cared for until they can get on their own feet and these houses compete in what they call balls the balls (laughs) um where they they're given categories and they're asked to compete and basically they they strut their stuff they like they take a lot of pride they pretend to be the things that they're not allowed to be in mainstream culture correct uh, whether I, that's that like time. an executive yeah. or, or like what else like a uh, military in the military uh pop stars like everything that they couldn't be they tried to prove that they could yeah. be in these balls um and it is a lot about the balls but it's also a lot about just the people that are participating and their stories of being rejected by their yeah. parents and yeah. basically being homeless and then finding this culture where they're not only embraced but they're celebrated yeah. um and they're given awards like actual like uh, giant awards i love them what, trophies True, um, yeah. and they take such pride in earning these trophies and it's really just like it makes you feel very like sad that they're they've been rejected by society but also like it's heartwarming very, it's yeah, heartwarming that they, found, that they found a place for them um where they can just be who they want to be even if they're pretending yeah i think that one of them actually talks about it and says like when i arrived here when i got here the first time i felt like i belong yeah. i felt like this was my place this was my people you know and it's the kind of uh, i found it you know like pretty interesting as a cisgender male you know like the idea of you're going to be society is going to be like judging you i mean it's still like judging people that they don't behave according to what their assigned gender uh, are born and is that they created like this whole ecosystem you know as you say it's like it gets celebrated and it's something that i didn't know anything about until i actually watched this documentary for the first time like eight years ago or seven that my friend Alan told me about it that you have never watched it is that like, you need to watch it and I was like I don't like documentaries that much and he's like no this this is an important documentary I don't think I knew uh, that you had seen this before I thought you were watching this for the first time for oh, some no, reason no, no. I th- okay I think that I that I mentioned it but yeah uh, I always find obnoxious when someone says that oh you don't know as someone said uh, that maybe he's listening to this uh, someone told me once, like, oh, you don't know the lyrics to Vogue? He said, you have to give up your gay car right now. Oh, what an ass. Yep. And uh, I would say that bit, I find those comments completely obnoxious. I would say that every single gay person should watch this documentary. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and I left out the context that this is happening in the late 80s in New York. Yep. Amidst the AIDS it's epidemic. Yep. And um, most of these people are uh, sex workers because it's the only way of surviving yeah, it's for the them. only yeah. option for them yeah. 
So probably, and that's one of the saddest things I remember like just watching it the first time that I couldn't disconnect. And we discussed briefly about this. Most of them, they talk about their dreams, dreams that they are completely realistic about like, oh, I'm being, I'm going to be huge. I'm going to set my trend. I'm going to be doing all of this stuff. They're going to know my name in Japan. They're going to, there is a thing that even if they were like really, 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 really talented, one in a 10 million kind of situation, probably that wouldn't happen because they are societies telling them no. You know, it's telling this like you don't exist. We don't care who you are. It's like we rather like just brought you under the rug, and that's it. Even when you are in New York, that is like a very open city. You know, on that time. But even more sad than knowing that they are not going to be realizing those dreams is that probably that person is going to die of AIDS. Yeah, it's horrific. It's really, really sad to watch. In fact, there was uh, one of the. She is transgender. Um, she talks about getting out of sex work because she didn't want to die. And then I was like, if that's the only option she has to earn money, what does she do after that? Yeah. It's horrific. Yeah, and it's true that, you know, it doesn't have, like, the lack of uh, of other documentaries that they follow a story unraveling, you know? This tries to be a bit more, like, hey, I'm going to be, like, looking into this culture of the balls, and I'm going to be, like, talking randomly with 10 people, let's say. I don't necessarily how many people do they in the interact, you know, like multiple times. But it's not about like a beginning and end. It's a bit more about like just describing a snapshot on their lives, you know, and just trying to bring that culture that it was like completely hidden for almost everyone to the light, you know, until Madonna, a white, cisgender, straight woman, took appropriation of both. I don't think anyone became aware of this culture after Vogue. No, I don't think so. I think she just stole it. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people actually became aware of this because of Pose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Madonna, I think that she actually mentioned, you know, I think that she actually... She didn't give any kind of royalties, I think, to that... Of course not. To the balls, you know, but it's like, well, I know it's super cool, you know, it's from the ball culture in New York. You know, but I don't think that it went beyond that because once again, is the society rather look in a different direction than actually just facing like the situation of these people. I also find fascinating that I I'm obsessed with Sundance. I'm obsessed with movies. And you never was this. I've never even heard of this film when it was. Uh, we were just looking at the credentials of the movie. It was declared by what the LA Times, the New York Times, the, the NPR. Uh, NPR as one of the best films of 1990 it won the i can't remember which award at sundance in 1990 and still it was just kind of like hidden yeah yeah it's like that's the part yeah yeah, that's the part is like when i watch it the first time i was like how come didn't i hear about this you know as a gay person it's like why no one has ever told me this is that this should be like the kind of stuff that is some profiles on, you know, even in apps about, like, hey, I love cinema. It's like one of my favorite movies is Paris is Burning. And you hear that one of my favorite movies is The Lord of the Rings. So I, I will admit, I feel like this being about the gay and trans community, that's one aspect. I would argue that another aspect is that this isn't, isn't a very good movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? I think it's important what it documented, yeah. 100%. Yep. And, and I think the culture is important structurally as a film. Well, but it's what it was telling you. It's a snapshot. You know, it's a snapshot about, like, well, this was happening, you know, so I recorded this. I recorded, like, some specific opinions and some specific vignettes 
that they happen, like the Chukis, the 12 and 13 years old. Oh, those boys were so sweet. Yeah, they were so sweet, but it was like so sad. I was like, it's one in the morning, what are you doing here? Like, I don't have parents, so I'm staying with friends. And like, yeah, my parents don't care about me, so it's fine. You're good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that it's not touching. And we were talking about this right before we started recording the podcast. Like, how we're going to score this is very difficult because it's super important. Filmmaking's not great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that's partially fair. That's partially fair. You know, it's true that it doesn't have. As I was saying, it's like probably this person was aware. Uh, the director. What is the name of the director? Jenny something. Jenny something. Okay, let's just leave it like Jenny. Uh, Jenny knew about this culture. You know, and he won. She wanted to uh, just portray it on the big screen and just bring it up to the masses. You know, it's a very, very low budget documentary. Yeah, extremely. Yeah, and probably they have a like very limited amount of time. It's not about we want to follow these balls for five years because I know that some of the people that are going to be recorded is that some of them, they may have some kind of happy ending and other ones may die of AIDS. Most of them, I'm sure. That I, honestly, I think that that would have been even more power. I don't think if they had done that, I don't think that I could watch this documentary more than once. If they had actually said, like, hey, let's do this not only about the balls, let's actually do it about like, the AIDS epidemic and how it actually destroyed all this culture. Because most of the people, they didn't have an alternative than just being sex workers. You know, so the risk was immense. Uh, if they had done that, I think that we have had more structure. So I think that they had to work with what they had. That is like probably they had like a two months for doing this. And it's like, okay, and you, 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 and you, you look interesting. We're going to be like talking with you like three times. And then we're going to be like just putting all the uh, content together. It would be interesting to learn more about how the film was made. Because I, I don't know if you've read, but most of the people that were in the film came out and complained that they were coached and that they weren't compensated for their time. And they were like presented mm. in a way that wasn't accurate, which makes me feel less about the film. Mm. I think that I heard something about it. But do you think that they were coached? Maybe not coached. I think that I might have added that adjective, but they said they were represented in a way that wasn't accurate. Do you feel like they were represented in a way that it was negative in any kind of way? No, but I think it was probably sensationalized. On what part? I don't know, because I don't know what actually, you know, that <laughs> culture was, but you have the people that were in the film and they're like, hey, this, this... This isn't accurate. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think about like what part I'm seeing there that I feel is like this is disrespectful or this is something that probably is not going to be accurate, you know? And it's like I cannot put my finger. I mean, I wish that there was, you know, like some kind of signal about like, hey, look, they can say that we're not all sex workers. They say, I'm pretty sure that not everyone is going to be like a sex worker. Like some of them, they may actually be executives. I mean, probably not executives, but they're going to have like regular jobs, you know. But one of the points that they mention is that everything is about passing, you know. Everything is about like just pretending that you are like one more member of not, society. Not gay, not trans, yep. just a normal, quote-unquote normal. Normal, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like the stress is gender person, you know, it's like it doesn't matter if you are trans or not, you know. Uh, so from that perspective, it's like we know that most of the people that they are there is that they have that fantasy, they play with that fantasy, and they live in the outer skirts of society. Let me ask you a question. There's a gay man, and he's a gay cisgendered man, and he talks about 
needing to pass and he can't because he speaks a certain way, right? Yeah. I find it very interesting that when Pose came out 30, 30 years later, passing has nothing to do with being gay anymore and it only has to do with being trans. Isn't that interesting? And I, I would argue huh. that that's just because being gay is now more or less accepted and they focus more on the trans and, and, trans. and i don't i don't know that's just like a supposition okay. but no, i, no, I found interesting. it interesting because i had never considered the word passing to apply to like me as a gay man oh no i thought about it have you yeah because uh, something you know for me like coming out something that people will say is that oh i i never thought about that i i always thought that you were straight is that you were passing as a straight so maybe the 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 term moved from passing to straight acting Correct. because that is like very common in the gay yeah. community. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit more of a. But it's, a, it's very interesting that maybe when they created the show, they tried to focus on the part that it would resonate more nowadays. That is, like we still know that, you know, people will still like, just stare at someone that is like, probably is transgender, you know? It's like it's still not about only passing is about society accepting it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's, yeah, I didn't realize about that. Um, something that I also uh, found a bit surprising is that there were a couple of white gay guys that imposed, they mentioned like, multiple times that it's only people of color because on the first season, it was Evan Peters, the guy that he has like the affair with that girl. Gets her an apartment, right? Yeah, and they go to the uh, to the ball. She takes the she takes him to the ball, and he's everyone is looking at him like, what is he doing? Like this tourist guy, like doing here? Yeah, definitely the the culture that the documentary documented. Um, I don't think it had anything to do with race. I mean, yes, there were more people of color because they are more rejected by society. But it felt like they embraced anyone who wanted to be part of their culture. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know if... Uh, there was no comment, I think, about race. You know, about like from the perspective, it's like white people is not allowed here or anything. It's true that it's... There, it's was, a, there was some talk about like being black, like it's yeah. hardest to pass yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a black person anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 because they're going to be like more scrutinized. There is some expectations, some gender expectations that they are way more pronounced yeah. for black people than for other uh, other races. You said something about like it's harder for black people to do anything in America, which it's absolutely true. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> absolutely true. That hasn't changed, I think, in thirty years. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. There is a bit of a. It could have more structure. They could have done, like, for example, like just a single week. You know, if these balls happen on Saturdays, let's say, is that you could actually do like a similar format to a besting show about like we're going to be like just picking like five characters on a Monday. I've never seen it. Okay. No, I'm serious. I have never seen it. Uh, okay, I mean shock. I, and this is not the first time that it came out. We need to watch Westing So it's on the list. We mentioned it like multiple times. It's you like dogs. This is a really good comedy, and it's pretty weird for me to say this is a pretty good comedy. But in any case, what I was going to say is that the format could actually be let's start on Monday. You know, the balls or on a Sunday, the balls are on Saturday night, for example. And they just follow, choose like five people and follow them across the week and just seeing the process. You know. I don't, yes, I agree with you. I, I don't think that, like, the way that she shot the film, which 
has a problem. I just feel like the... I don't know what she was trying to say, besides, like, exposing is the right word, but to, like, lift up this, yeah. this culture. Yeah. Um, but, like, the pacing was a disaster. Yeah, it was back and forth about, like, suddenly you have, like, part of the ball a category, and then it's, like, just go to a random conversation that maybe doesn't match too much with what you're seeing. Yeah, and these are, like, minor complaints, because overall, I, lo- I would argue that I loved this... I definitely liked it. I think it's a good film. Okay. Um, but overall, it, it wasn't a great film. But it's important. Okay. Which is the difficulty in, like, quote-unquote, judging this film. Because, like, yeah. the fact that it exists is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting that we mentioned several times if it would be good for having the question, is it important? And this is, I agree with you, like, this is probably one of the few movies that I would say, like, it's important that it exists. Really, really yeah. important, you know, for our, for all the LGBTQ uh, movements, and not just for, well, for the movement, but also like for straight people to see, like, yeah. look, there's this like vibrant, creative community that you have shunned and rejected. Yep. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, besides that, I don't have too much to say. But what you're saying about like if. If the uh, Jamie, the director, if he was trying to say anything specific, I would say that I appreciate that she's not. That she's actually taking like a step back. One of the problems that I have with most documentaries is that I feel like the uh, director is always going to have an opinion and is going to try to steer, you know, like your point of view towards his opinion or her opinion. You know, this one is not. Is that this one is like, look, I went here, I recorded this, I talked with these people. I don't give you anything else. I don't try to give you the feelings. I don't try to give you, you know, like feel bad with yourself because you are part of the problem. Is that I'm just telling you that this is what exists. This is what has happened. Ryan Murphy, of course, he actually tried to give the feels a lot. Yeah, with that's, pose. that's what he loves to do. Yeah, I um, I did feel emotionally touched. Well, many points throughout the film by the characters and their stories. Like it's very touching. But at the end, when the balls kind of die out like i was so sad i was so sad for these people because it gave them so so much and of course change is inevitable even the the people in the documentary were like of course this happens like nothing stays forever but i was very like saddened (laughs) by the end and i was impressed that i was able to like have this emotional so much emotional resonance with the film so yeah no honestly i i don't fully agree that this is a bad film if it could have better yes but I still think that if he actually succeeds in you connecting with it, and for me, I think that it's like a bit to like remain objective about it. Great. Now, those concerns that you were saying about like just manipulating like the wars or whatever, you know, the people that they were in there, if that happened, is that like, yeah, it would actually just detriment like, the movie. I also I shouldn't have looked up anything about the the filmmaker because when I'm doubt that she like came from a very wealthy. Jewish upbringing that went to Yale. <laughs> I was God. like, are you just also appropriating this culture to make a film that you won an award at Sundance? Like, it feels a little, I don't know. But again, like I said at the beginning of this recording, Ryan Murphy, yes, he's a white man, but he's giving a voice to these people. It's the same thing that she did. It just, I just wish the world were fair. <laughs> True. I mean, the world were fair is that they would be the one making this documentary yeah. about themselves. You know, exactly. And we discussed it yesterday. You know, uh, well, I don't want to go into the specifics of some of the stuff <laughs> that you mentioned yesterday because it was a bit heartbreaking. But uh, 
these people don't have any kind of mediums for doing that. They have the dreams, you know, and we can see like the creativity that they have in the balls. But they don't have... Imagine that one of these guys goes, well, or girls or whoever, is that they go into Miramax and say, it's like, hey, we want to make a documentary about this thing that it has existed for years and no one freaking cares. But they don't have those aspirations. Like, do you remember the conversations where they wanted to be super, super famous? Yeah. It's not that they wanted to make films and required to become yeah. famous. They just wanted to be famous. Those are their dreams. Well, like everyone in YouTube. They want to be famous. Yeah, but they're actually creating. Well, okay, I see your point. Come on, it's like they're... No, 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 I see your point about creating. <laughs> they're, the they're creating the boss. I mean, they're yeah. like people that they have creativity, you know? But it's like, it's, first, there were not the mediums, you know, for example, YouTube or any kind of platform that is like completely open and anyone, you know, like with your phone that we all have on our pockets, we can create content. We can get there. We are, it has even the play field. No, and that's the only reason this film got made is because a wealthy Jewish lesbian. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. It's like, okay, I will take it. At least it was not a straight white guy doing a Stonewall. <laughs> you know, it's like, at least it didn't change. Imagine they actually just change it for Muppets. Or Did something. Jonathan Groff star in that film? Oh my God. <laughs> I think so. Was the name, was it a Schumacher? No, it was not Schumacher. He wouldn't do like something so atrocious. I hope. Uh, it was the uh, Roland Emmerich, maybe? I don't remember. I just remember it being so bad. Also, I want to call out that there's this very, very famous YouTube star who does makeup, and she's Dutch, and she's transgender, and she got invited to the Met Gala, and the entire time she quoted, and I feel such... Emmerich. Like, such a bad gig because I don't know the name of the black trans woman that was responsible for the Stonewall riots. Yeah. She just quoted her on the Met Gala red carpet all night, which I think is so fucking amazing. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was Roland Emmerich, and it has a 9% in Rotten Tomatoes, Stonewall. So, yeah. that's a profession. You know, like this part, because I, once again, I respect the wing as a director can tone down the giving the feels, you know, like adding music and adding like song narration in documentaries that is like, it drives me to a point of saying like, fuck you, that's the reason why I hate documentaries. And I feel like this doesn't do it. Yeah, you're actually convincing me. And it's like, now actually I'm more appreciative that it's okay, someone that could have done anything. True, wealthy family, you know, like lesbian, but it chose to do this respectfully. Maybe not as respectful as it should, you know, like given the kind of comments that you just mentioned right now. But certainly about, like, uh, ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. 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 Similar to, uh, I would say that this, well, this is not as bold as uh, the voice in the band from the perspective of say, like, this is 1970, I think that it was the voice in the band. And it's like, and you guys are making, like, a movie that is about gayhood. You know, and it's like, okay, it's 1990, and it's like, you're doing something, like, pretty ballsy, too from the perspective that this exists and you're like bringing it up you don't know how people are going to be like reactive because there's like a lot of homophobia besides that in the middle of the uh, AIDS epidemic is that like no one wanted to know I'm, I'm almost convinced that this documentary was not even released in many states of the United States oh yeah I guarantee you it didn't get released where my parents lived <laughs> yeah so uh, it's a still ballsy she could actually could have you know like follow a cinematography career doing some other stuff even if he's not a transgender woman, I just, you know, applaud 
you know that she did something like this. And she she is a producer on Pose, and mm -hmm. she did direct one episode, so she's continuing, which I yeah. think is fantastic. And when you mentioned the boys in the band, um, that was bold, but I think we have to like admit that transphobia both in the 70s and the 90s and even and now, now yeah. is way more intense oh yeah, yeah it is yeah. it is it is i'm not saying you know that it's like exactly the same case you know because besides that that was first a theater play in new york new york was always like way more open-minded towards like the gay community you know as we see also here but when we go into transgender you are absolutely right that is like it's a step beyond yeah it was like nothing like this had been released has there any there's this amazing Netflix, uh, I would call it a documentary, oh, Disclosure. Yeah, yeah. And they pointed out some films that were... Paris is burning as well, they, they mentioned several times. Yeah, but like older, older films oh, where yeah. it's very veiled, but it's about I, transgender I, people and I have no idea. Um, oh, you so, mean like the negativity that it was created thanks to Psycho and others? No, well, yes, they bring that up, but they said, hey, this is a story about a transgender person. They just don't say it's transgender. Oh, yeah, and that's it's been right. embraced by straight films. So, yeah. So, yes, like, there have been veiled, like, metaphors for trans people before then, but I don't think anything like this had ever been done. And, no. Like, no, probably. so explicit, yeah. you know, on that perspective. So it's great. I think that this has been more, as when we were discussing about Blade Runner, that he started, like, some kind of trend. It's just cyberpunk. It's aesthetics, you know. But this has been more, it's like, he brought a topic to the spotlight that before this it didn't exist. And unfortunately, this documentary has been... Partially forgotten until Ryan Murphy did pose. How didn't I know about this? How I have no idea. I, know? I mean, until I didn't talk with uh, with Alan about it, you know, is that he mentions that you didn't watch Paris is Burning, and he told me the same thing about like you. If you are gay, you have to watch this documentary. I was like, oh my god, another bullshit of this because I think there have been like three years in the states at that point, and I was just tired of hearing that over and over. That is like, if you don't know X or you don't like X, you are not gay. You are not a good gay. You see? I don't care about drag queens. It's like, no, no, this is not about drag queens. It's about transgender and your rights and that you can actually be here working and people accepting you for who you are. It comes from these people. You need to know more about all of this. And it's one of the first times that I say, like, I've been properly educated. Yeah, I, would, I can't think of another documentary. I would say this is important. Yep. I would say this one is important. Yeah, no, I agree. There are the ones that they're interesting, I would say. Yeah, 100%. But this is like something that people should know about. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So, yeah. I can tell you that my score has changed quite a bit. So has mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> should we do the questions? Yeah, let's do it. Would you watch this again? Yes. Yes. And this is like one of those that I don't have any kind of uh, problem with just rewatching it with someone. Like, oh, you have never watched Paris is Burning? I think that I would even watch it with my parents. I think it would be good for your parents. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And the same for my parents. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nothing about yeah, your yeah. parents specifically. <laughs> just... No, 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 I agree. I agree. Um, would you recommend it? Yes. As I said, my parents. To even my parents. <laughs> I think that this is something that everyone, for gay people, should be mandatory, you know, in gay 101, is that you should watch this. Uh, for everyone else, it's like if you want to be a better human being, this is part of it. I would also argue this is probably, hmm, I don't want to be too extreme, but this is the most touching documentary I've seen about the AIDS 
AIDS epidemic. And the funny thing is, like, it's not directly. It, yeah, it's not about it. Yeah, but it's, it's that's the, the thing that I think that is brilliant about. It's a snapshot in time, and you do it about the balls. But at the same time, is that you have AIDS on the background. That's the reason why I always say is that you could have done or a something more long term. About I'm like going to be like following the life of these people and this won't be released until 1995, for example, or doing like a bit more compact and just doing like this is a week and seeing like the whole process, like these people's lives is this, is this ball, is like everything, you know, is around it. But having this in background is like it also educates you about like how these people were like just completely destroyed. And that's what I loved is it's like, hey, this is a person. This is a person that has struggles. Their parents have rejected them. Dreams, they're gay. Yeah. They're trying to find their place. Oh, and they might have AIDS. Like, <laughs> yeah, that everything's no, going to be like this collapsing. Like, yeah, it's not about hey, AIDS killed a bunch of gay people. It's like here's a human being. Exactly. They have dreams, they, aspirations, yes. you know, and sufferings. they're constantly worried about getting infected. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And society has pushed them to a point that they are like more exposed about it. Yeah. Yeah. So would you remember it? Uh, yes, definitely. I had to say that I remember. I mean, it's an interesting question for this specific documentary because as it doesn't have a narrative about like from the beginning to the end, you know, uh, I I think that I'm not going to be able to remember like anything specific. For example, in the first episode of Pose, they mentioned some of the houses, and I thought it's like that house was in Paris is burning. It's like no, they changed the name of all the houses. Because it was like extravaganza is in the Became movie. Evangelista. Exactly. Yeah. And it was like <laughs> Evangelista. I'm pretty sure that it was no. It was extravaganza. Is that you made it sound like pretty similar for people that they watch it about like, but it's not. You know, and it's like that's the kind of level that I could remember like some of the names, like some of the characters I can remember like physically, but I won't remember exactly what he said. I remember like the overall. I knew like the part about like some of them had like dreams that they are delusional. Let's yeah. say, but like, it does. It doesn't matter, you know. It's, like, it's not about something like ah, this guy is stupid. It's like no, it's I completely get it. It's like society has pushed you this. Is that you have your your place that you are a star that you are like the spotlight, you know. And I found it like heartbreaking, you know, in all of the aspects. So I remember the feelings. I will remember always the feelings that I got from it. I won't remember like a specific sentences. Yeah, I agree. I think like the only thing I think I might remember are the twelve and thirteen year old couple. <laughs> yeah, God. Um, yeah, that's endearing and sad. Which they they found one of them. Oh, you he's alive me? and well now. Oh, nice. And he lost touch with the other one, the one oh. that he was living with. Uh, which one did they found? The one that was orphan or the one that the one that was orphaned? Oh, cool! I think oh, good for him. Yeah. Um, is there anything artistic about it? Yes, yes, but not because of the cinematography or you know, like the the recording medium or anything. I think that is because of what is uh, portraying, what is actually capturing. I feel like that's cheating. We're judging the film, not what the film was about. Uh, no, but look, it still happened in front of me. So it's like if I actually said that bogging is artistic. And bogging happens in front of us. It has capture on Fine, the screen. If we're, if we're going like that, I will say there's something artistic. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it, let me just think about other... No, no, you're completely right. There, there yeah. is art. It's not the direction. Oh no! Oh no! But everything else is artistic. <laughs> no, but it's like, at least he had the eye for saying, "I want to record this." Yeah, no, yeah. completely. Is this a timeless piece? Yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that there is nothing. Well, there's other stuff that is also as timeless as this, but it's like, 
is something that is so important that it needs to be preserved. You know, that is snapshot in time. Yeah, it's very like firmly rooted in time, but it's timeless, like 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even like, I don't want to say what I experienced is anything, but like, I saw similar things that I experienced in this film yeah. to a much lesser degree. Of course. But it's the gay experience, it's the trans experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, whatever we had is like just a 0.1% yeah. of the kind of struggles yeah. that they had. You know, <laughs> so, let's, let's not compare ourselves. You know, it's like that, that meme that I saw you yesterday about like when you are white and you're part of two minorities, <laughs> you know, like gay and lactose intolerant. <laughs> No, no, let's not, let's not do the parallelings, please. I mean, I think that we both have, we were pretty lucky in our lives. Our parents love us, they support us, yeah. you know. It's like, these are people that they went through something else. But it's important for us, I think that for every single gay person to just realize that for us having like the rights that we had, it's true that it's not about a Stonewall, you know, it's not about the riots per se, but it's about like, we are lucky, you know, of the situation that we had for ourselves. And even like these people that now they are coming out of the shadows, you know, and now society is recognizing and appreciating transgender, especially male to female. That is, that's another like topic of conversation. There is not so much about like female to male, you know, but they are like gathering a spotlight now. You are starting to see in them in other stuff that is, you know, not really LGBT. You know, that is okay, we can actually start seeing these characters, you know, and just start accepting them. It's the first step, you know, it's not about like they're going to be like the next CEO for Apple, for example. We already have a gay man there, that's amazing, you know, but from that perspective, I think that this is something that shouldn't be forgotten. It should be like the value that we are getting today is that I want that value like 20 years in the future for a kid that was born today for actually getting the same. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, would you turn this into a TV show? <laughs> <laughs> this is a very awkward question. God, I don't know why I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I didn't even want to ask it. I already wrote down no for me. Like, I, this is perfect as it is. Uh, I just... But the funny thing, and I think that I told you this after I was finished watching it, is like, it's uncanny how, the, how Pose mimics everything. Absolutely everything, you know, is that it feels like it's just an extension of Paris is Burning. It's like the actors behave in the same kind of way, they talk in the same kind of way. It almost feels like just lost footage. I mean, it's true that the uh, directing style is TV, 100% TV style, you know. But the characters. But the characters is yeah. like, wow, this, they did like a really good study and they had like really good script, you know, for actually just, I... They was like probably Paris is Burning 100 times. They was like whatever content, you know, like uh, footage that they found from whoever that recorded a one-off or whatever. And they created this, that I think that is a good TV show. This and The People vs. O.J. Simpson, I think that is the best TV that Ryan Murphy. The only good TV that Ryan Murphy did. Nipta can be on the fence. You like American Horror Story. I like them as a guilty pleasure. I'm not saying that it's good. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I think that Roanoke is interesting. I think that the problem that uh, Ryan Murphy has is that he doesn't know how to guide or steer a story. Is that he can start well and then he just <laughs> like lost focus. So like, I don't know what to do with it. Just, just throw aliens in there. Uh, so from that perspective, yes, I would turn it because as I told you, it's like I would have appreciated this documentary. Would have followed the lives of the people for five years and just knowing it would be heartbreaking it would be like just i would be like just crying all the time 
every single time that I thought about like that documentary efficacy stuff. Mm. And that's exactly what Pose is doing, is following them and just building a bit more of empathy towards these characters and just saying it's like everyone's going to die of AIDS. Surprise. I, I hear what you're saying, but I feel like it would completely shift for me the portrait of humanity that this film is and it would eventually just focus on everyone dying of AIDS and it would turn into another AIDS documentary. True. So I would not turn this into a TV show. You've convinced me that the snapshot that it is is its biggest asset. So yep. I wouldn't change it. So for you, a yes. And yeah, for me, it's a yes. For me, it's a yes. I tell you, I agree with you that it would be something different, but I think that it would be something equally good. I think it would be good, yes. I just... Yeah, yeah, I know. I just don't want another... That's true. Document. Yeah, no, that's true. Just because it's so hard to watch. I know. Because I don't think it's important. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think this could have been better? It's so hard to be critical of this film. <laughs> a bit, so... a bit of a jerk, but yeah. I agree with you that, you know, the cinematography stuff, it could be a bit more organized on the editing. Sure. I think that it's brilliant. You know, but... Yeah, it could have been a tiny better. It's not that I would change it. But yeah, it could have been better. I think it could have been a better film. What it documented could not have been better. Correct. That's a really good way of putting it. And so I don't know how the fuck to score this because I don't like... What it was my pick, so you have to score it first. I don't, I don't even I know. I have my score. I'm not going to be like changing it. So entering into the conversation, I was strictly judging the filmmaking. Um, you've convinced me <laughs> that that's not the most important thing. Um, I don't know. A nine... Nine is my score too. All right. Yeah, because we repeated it multiple times, and we I think that we did like a good argument about how important this is. Yep, it's crazy important. I have nothing else to say. Nope. Everyone should watch this. I think if all the films we reviewed, this is probably what top top five. Top five for sure, maybe yeah. number one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for actually saying that it's okay, we have like, what, 130 episodes probably at this point. Is like if people can only watch one film, you know, probably I could say that. And I'm mind blown that we have Fight Club on the list. We have like other stuff that La Ventura, you know, that we gave. Angel. Uh, <laughs> we gave tens and we actually did like a. I think that the decent analysis about like why they are important. I'm surprised that I recommended a documentary as this is what you should watch. And I'm like just even sad that I, I thought about doing it, about like just watching it with my parents, but it was not on Netflix in Spain. Like last week. Uh, for anyone listening, it is currently on YouTube. No, that that, that could that. change, but yeah. uh, it is the full film is there for free. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so a nine, nine, and then the only thing left is what we're going to be watching next. So it's my pick. Um, I'm gonna pick Gattaca. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, we didn't we didn't came into the uh, into the podcast with this idea. No, I think you know, like at the beginning of the recording. And pleasantly surprised, I guess that in the previous podcast we were talking about Blade Runner 2049. You just remain in the back. I forgot how much I love Gattaca. I love it so much. And when you brought it up, I was like, yeah, that's what's next. Yep. So. Gattaca is... Yeah, well, we don't need to talk about it right now, but it's like, I'm pleasantly surprised with this change Good. in direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to everyone that is out there, just go watch Paris is Burning. Yeah. And you too. Please watch, watch it and then wash your hands. Or wash your hands and then watch it. Either way. Or during. Also, because it's on YouTube. It can be on your phone, even. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye.